Cool. So we're ready for the word. Um, there's a, a portion of scripture where Ezra gets up and uh, basically Israel had gone into decline. They'd forgotten um, who God was. They'd, they'd taken the law of God and the word of God out of society. That society had become a depraved society, which what, let me tell you that happens. The moment you take the word of God out of a society, that society goes backwards. We need the word of God, like I said last week, to preserve the integrity of, of our lives, this, this, this inner feeling that all of us have, whether you believe it or not, that there's a right and there's a wrong. That was not put there by your own chance, by some big bang. That was put there by a heavenly father. And, um, and I really, can we, I want to do something, we've never done this before, but can we stand for the reading of the Lord's word? Okay. Because I think, we won't do this every week, it's not going to become a tradition, we're not going to become... Uh, Lakewood or one of those churches, but I want to read Ephesians 2, starting from verse 3, and I'll read it out just because, we actually, let's read it together, from verse, let's go from verse 1, Paul, actually, sorry, that's not working, I'll just read it, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the, word of, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Say, blessed us. In Christ, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined, predestined us for adoptions as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. We're going to stop there. That's all we're going to get through today. So you may take your seat. When we're reading that, who started to think of things that pertain to that verse? <laughs> Greg just did one of those. Like, no, I'm not going to be the only guy that puts my hand up. Um, the Word is powerful. And I think what, I'm, what I have been talking about uh, last week... And the week before, I was, no, sorry, Tom Brock was with us last week. And then the week before, and the week before that, I spoke about who God is. Today I'm talking about who am I? Who am I under God? What does God say that I am? Who does God say that I am? What does the, the Bible declare about me, not what I think about me? Because often, and I think when, we, when this settles in our hearts, it doesn't matter if a leader, teacher, boss, husband, wife, if they say anything negative to you, you should be so settled in your identity in Jesus that you are unshaken. That no matter what happens in this world, we are unshaken. And I want to just look at a few of these things today. And we're going to carry on next week and then start us preaching on the 19th, most likely. Um, and then we start on, actually, I've been invited to go to France on the 20th, hard life. We're going to go minister the gospel in, in the south of France uh, for Jesus uh, French people need Jesus, am I right? Um, and, and so does the cheese and the wine. Apparently that's what you, that's what you do there. But um, I really want just the, the reality of God's word to sink into our hearts today. That He is a good Father. That He loves us. And I've been just, the, the beginning of this week started out where I was like, okay, my first point is going to be, you're all sinners. And I thought, no, that's... I was going to do it, and I went to my wife, and uh, she says, Dan, that's a bit harsh, eh? So I said, yeah, but star, you have, people have to know that they're sinners. They have to. And I was like getting on like this kind of like boat, thinking like I have to tell people how depraved they are. And I think the reality is 
we know that we are full of sin. There's no one perfect here. We know some of our past, some of you who are are believers in Jesus, you know what Jesus has saved you from. We're not proud of that, but we're proud of Jesus who has saved us. So I think I want to start and, and just look line by line at the scripture, how God has changed us. We live in a city where people find their security in earthly wealth. Many of us sitting in this room, that's, that's even what we're aiming for right now. And I, I really want us as believers to mature past that place where our dependency becomes on Jesus, not on our bank, bank account or what, uh, what we make at the end of the month, but on Jesus Christ. And I think what Paul is saying in the scripture that he is enough. There's a guy called Talian Chavidian. Uh, I really recommend any of his stuff. You can go listen to it. And he, he just he wrote a book, Jesus Plus Nothing Equals Everything. And uh, I really, my prayer for every single person sitting here is that when we start to realize who God is, which we've discussed over two weeks, which is hardly enough, and we start to realize what he's done for us and who, who he says we are, our lives have to change and we have to look different. And our outset on life and the way we look at things has to change. Can I just turn this away? I know I need the fan, but it's blowing my Bible. Um, I want to write to Paul writes and says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. And it's amazing that Paul was this called, if you look at the word apostle, it came from the Hebrew term that kind of got into to, uh, to the Greek term, which became apostolos, means sent one. But it started with the Sanhedrin. Now, in, uh, in old Jewish uh, kind of Old Testament, there was the, the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin. They believed slightly different things, but the Sanhedrin were the guys who kind of governed the law of the city. They were almost like the Senate. So they would, they would, just, they would say something for the, the whole of Israel, and then there would be apostles that would be sent out to the different towns to tell about what had, what had actually gone down. And uh, it's almost like this decree came from the top and the apostles were sent. This is what Paul, Paul has a decree from heaven. And, we, and he's sent out to the world like every single one of us. We have been given a decree from God to make disciples of all nations. We have the authority of heaven in Jesus Christ to go make disciples of all nations. Paul's name used to be Saul. And uh, it's amazing when you look at, I, I, was, I was Googling and thinking, what is the meaning of Paul? I was, I was like waiting for this profound meeting. But it actually means small and humble. Who's, is there Paul in in the room today. No Pauls. Paul means small and humble. And I think it's so apt that when Paul, Saul, who was this uh, Pharisee of Pharisees, who used to persecute Christians, much like the guys from ISIS today, where they literally would cut people's heads off. He was one of those guys. He wasn't even the guy that got his hands dirty. He was the top dog who used to give the approval for Christians to be killed. Because a religious spirit will always try to kill Jesus. A religious spirit will always try to kill the freedom that's in people. And that's, that has not changed over thousands of years. Even so-called Christians who carry the same spirit are also persecuting Christians. Just a quick story. I went to Ethiopia good 11, 12 years ago. And uh, we were part of like a, a group of churches that were kind of considered free churches. And then there were the charis- kind of also, they were also charismatic churches, but they were more established. The more established churches were persecuting the new churches. And I thought, what? This, we are so messed up sometimes as believers that, that someone in our own family, in our own ranks, we persecute. And the one guy, whose name is Dinberu, he was sent to jail by another pastor. He somehow got saying, and I thought, 
the, the religious spirit's terrible. Anyway, Paul was one of those guys, met Jesus. His, his, his name changed to, to, to Paul, from Saul to Paul, from something great to something small, humble. And I think, for me, the same we need to learn from that. When we meet Jesus, we are humbled. That He is God, I am man, and anything I do from this point is in and through Him. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Philippians 3, 12 says, Not that I've already obtained this, or I'm already perfect. So even Paul, who was this apostle, he never claimed to be perfect under Christ. But I press on to make my own, because Christ has made me his own. Paul sometimes would call himself a bond servant, which means he was, he was bonded to Jesus Christ. He was, whatever Jesus said he must do, he had to do. And I think so often in our, in our Christianity, we, we, we really put in like, we slot Jesus into a box. So like God says, okay, cool, sell, sell everything and follow me. We're like, okay, cool, I'll, I'll sell a little bit and follow you. And uh, Jesus is radical, says, forget about your family, forget about the, forget, and not, you hear what I'm saying? It's the context Jesus was talking. But he's saying, he's just basically saying, don't hang on to the past. Don't, don't be hindered by the past. Look to me. And yet, we still put so many things above Jesus in our Christianity. And there's no wonder for me that there's no progressing. There's no wonder for me that the church worldwide is, is kind of slipping, and often slipping back where they, they don't even know the truth. They don't know what they believe. To the point where there's churches, whole churches and movements across the world where they they, they align doctrines that are not even in the Bible, allow them into seep into the church. Okay, so I've got a few points. I want to just read this just quickly. It says, To the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. I love that. The word saints is not some kind of thing that you earn and then you get, you get like a saint badge and all this kind of thing. A saint is you and I. We have been sanctified by God. We are made clean in His eyes by God. We're not clean and perfect in reality and walking out of our lives. That's why it's a progress of sanctification. But we are clean before Jesus, what He declared. It says, grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. The word grace there means charis. Okay? So charis, I don't know, you're probably in the mom's room. But it mean, I, wanted, I don't want to get this wrong. It, it's mentioned 12 times in Ephesians. And it's the unmerited undeserved favor, a gracious act coming from God's kindness. And I think we have to, Paul realized this, there was, a, there was a correct space when he starts the book of Ephesians of who he is and finding his identity is that number one, God's first. Seek first the kingdom. Who brought, someone, someone spoke about that. Clint, seek first the kingdom. It's, it's, a, it's putting him first and alive, putting Jesus as number one. Peace is the word, uh, sorry, I've kind of gone past it. Anyway, I'll come back to that. So the first point out of Ephesians 1.3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Is that up there? Can we put that up there as I read? Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places.
when all of us at some point were in our mother's womb, am I right? There's no one here that was born out of a tube, okay? Or you have to at some point be in someone's womb to come out. Within that baby in that womb, there's some pregnant ladies in the church now. There's, there's a, the, at, at, I don't know what, call it nine months, they've got the full genetic code for what they need to be when they're older. It's inside them. It's in, it's in them already. It came from the mother and the father. I don't know how it all works. It's an absolute miracle from the father, from the, from the heavenly father. And, and within them is, is this ability. Look this. Look at Andy and Carolyn. You've got, you got sporty and not a nice person. You've got a really nice person. So, so hopefully there's going to be like this mixing. Oh, no, I'm kidding. And uh, there's this genetic. So, so whether they have a boy or a girl, there's going to be there's going to be that genetic, that sporty genetic code. There's nothing that, that, can, that can happen. And I think we need to realize that when we are born again, we have the DNA of the Father implanted in us. And as a kid, you don't know what, you're lying in the cot and you're kicking and you're looking at the dial and you're doing, you're crying and you're putting in your nappy and all this stuff. You don't know what the potential is inside of you. And so often it is like that with us as believers, is that, this, that God has implanted every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus with inside of us, and we need to search it out. And I think it only comes often, unfortunately, when we go through tough times. When there's tough times and there's a bit of suffering and there's a bit of pain, we actually find out who we are in Christ Jesus because we have to cling onto Him. And let me tell you, I remember one preacher saying, he says, if the preacher's preaching well, pray for him, because then you know he's going through some tough things. So I don't think I'm preaching that well today. Okay. There's a genetic code that has been implanted in us. There's a forest that is within us. And uh, Hebrews 5.12 says this, In fact, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk not solid food. And I think for too long, and even sometimes of, the, of a seeker-sensitive church, forgive me if, you, if you've been part of that, and I'm not knocking, because I think they do a whole lot of good, but a lot of it, 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 it gives you a lot of milk. It throws milk at you, and it's just like, okay, cool, I'm going to bottle, and we never get onto the meatier stuff. We never get into the, the, the depth of God's Word, the, that, that, that you can stand there and praise and, and worship Jesus even though you're going through the worst time of your life. It's, it's, a, it's a building of Jesus inside of you. It's this grace and this peace. And I think so, so many Christians are happy to live on milk for the rest of their lives. And I want to say, can I, my, my employee, if it's your first time here, if it's, you've been here a hundred times, you're part of this church, you're fully involved, go deep into Jesus. There's more. There's more He has for you. Dig into His Word. Find out who He is. Ask Him. I, I, what I find often is that like, if you just ask God something, He answers you. It's, it's, it's quite like sometimes you're walking around, you're like, oh God, it's hard. What do we do? What do we do? And God's just saying, well, you haven't got because you haven't asked. And I just say, God, what's the story? Please tell me what's happening. It's a conversation. God is with us. There's a DNA in heaven. There's a forest within us. There's, there's a scripture. I think it's in Isaiah 60. It says, you'll be a planting of the Lord, a display of his splendor. There's, but every, every forest starts with a seed. There's a seed sitting inside of every single one of us of, of Jesus Christ that has been implanted when we've been born again, made anew in him, that is going to come out. And, and I, honestly, I don't even need to prophesy this. There's massive futures and calls on every single person that is sitting here. God only thinks the best of you. Even when you mess up 
and, and, and do stupid things. God, like a good father, is speaking life over you. A good father on this earth should, should speak life over his kids, even if they aren't even walking the way that they want them to necessarily walk. Number two, from verse 1 verse 4, it says, Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be homely and blameless before Him. For me, this, this just started, this, out of the foreknowledge of God, because God always has existed, always will exist, there was never a beginning or an end of God, God has always been, God is I am, the great I am, He, he knows everything. And I think so often in this, there's, I want to start out and say that the whole thing of being chosen and predestined is, is a lot around the mystery of God. God doesn't choose like we choose. The way I choose, who, I grew up in school, we, we, we had come to break time, and there'll be 10 of us sitting, standing, and the two captains will be chosen, we're going to play a game of football. I generally wasn't the captain, I'd always put it, be put in as goalie, sport is not, I'm not the greatest, I mean I was, okay Andy, don't judge me. And uh, I was... I would always, I'd never be the last guy, but I'd always be the last three. Johnny was generally the last guy. Am I right? No. No, the tall guy always got first picks. And um, that's when we think of choosing, we think like that. We think, well, God, in, in, my, in God's sovereignty, he chooses you. Salvation? No. Yes? No. Yes? No. And I think we misunderstand the bigger picture of what, what Paul is trying to write uh, N.T. Wright, who wrote a commentary on this, he basically said, you need to look at the scripture. It's almost like you go, who's been into the London Eye? Uh, many years ago. You go up into the London Eye, and you get a full perspective view of the different parts of London, the Parliament, River Thames, etc. And, uh, and he says, this is almost what the scripture is. It's, it's, a, it's a flood of praise coming from Paul's heart to the Father, but it's giving us a bigger picture and a bigger plan of what God has, has destined for all of us. There's words like us, and we, it, it's, it's a collective term for God's church, that we predestined, that we are chosen as a people for His own glory. And uh, for me, if anything else, without getting into the, whether you believe that God fully chooses, that we actually all are robots, that we don't have, actually have a choice at the end of the day, or it all depends on our free will, I'd say I sit somewhere in the middle. But for me, what this should do in all of our lives is know that before the creation of this world, God chose us. Let's just think about that for a second. Millions, who knows how long ago, God doesn't work in time. In God's time, he was thinking of Stala. He was thinking of Ryan. He was thinking of Rom. He was thinking, he thought, and he thought, at, at one day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come, and I'm going to save them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort out a whole bunch of circumstances. There's, they're going to maybe go through a bit of tough thing in their life. Maybe, I mean, Andy's testimony is that he... He got a really bad sports injury. And he, he, what he says is that if he didn't get that sport injury, he may not have even found Jesus and he wouldn't have found Carolyn. So God sovereignly was working in your life, even through a sports injury. And I, that's, why, that's why I lean so heavily, I do lean on the sovereignty of God, that God knows exactly what's happening. And even through our mistakes, God sov- sovereignly knows it's going to happen and He sovereignly works out a plan. And that He's chosen us, He's thought about us. This should shatter any identity issues in our lives. If you feel uh, that you... you I, th- I think we as Christians need to get to a place where we don't need affirmation, love from anyone else other than Jesus. And I know that's a tall ask and probably... And, and I'm an idealist, so it may or may not happen. 
But I think we need, should, we need to be so satisfied in Christ. We need to go read this over our lives. If some of you su- suffer with rejection issues, you need to go read this over and say, God, would you speak it to my spirit that I am chosen before the creation of this world. I've, you had me in your mind. God was thinking about you. So what does that do to us? That when we go through tough times, like I've mentioned a few times, when they're suffering, you think, oh, God's not, God is there. God knew you, you would go through this. God is sovereign over it. He'll bring you through. When you look back on the tough times, you think, wow, God, you actually did that for my own good. Not that God, I'm not saying there's, there's, God brings life, but we walk through stuff and we walk through stuff in our lives that we, it's unexplainable. I've had friends uh, who've, who've passed away that it just it doesn't make sense. God is, God is sovereign and good and we can lean everything on him. He, the opposite of that is scary for me. If God's not completely sovereign, then this world is just going haywire and then God may, may or may not come in at some point. I hope that makes sense. I love Malachi 3.17. It says this, On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. And uh, it was recently Starla's birthday, and I took her uh, jewelry shopping. Guys, you have, to, you have to bless your wives even if you feel it in your wallet. And um, so Starla, it's, uh, she, she walks into a certain shop, which I won't mention where. It's, uh, and it's not super expensive, so don't think we like prosperity pastors. Okay. And... Uh, so she walks in, and I can just see the delight on her face. She puts on this ring, and she goes, oh, what about this necklace? What about this uh, watch? And she's like, okay, well, you have to choose one of the three. You know what I mean? Like, this is a, this is a tough month. That you can, I'll, I'll get you that, but, but make a decision. And, and I think, in, in a very small way, God looks at us as his, as his treasure. He looks at us, and he delights over us. He has a smile on his face. He's, he's not this big, angry God all the time. And I mean, there's definitely times where the, where the wrath of God pours out and all that stuff. But God's nature of who he is and who Jesus revealed the Father to be was a God who is obsessed with his children. And he, and he is looking at every single one of you, whether you're a believer or not this morning. So you may be sitting here, someone invited you or... You came reluctantly. Maybe you somehow thought this was a party, but it's not. It's church. And um, the Father, in His sovereignty, is choosing you. He's choosing you. He's saying, you know what? Here's my community that love me, and I love you so much that I've placed you here so you can actually find me. Call out to God. Number three. It says, from verse four, it says that even though we, uh, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, and not only that, which is amazing, incredible truth, that we should be holy and blameless before him. When you give your life to Jesus, there's a declaration of your life that you are holy. You are a saint. And yet you walk out after church and you're like, cool, I have a wrong thought. Someone cuts me off. You chase them down the road to prove how strong and faster your car is. I've never done that in my life. Um, so I think we need to understand when God's, God always works, I think, in almost three time zones. He, 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 it's, it's the already, the now, sorry, it's the, sorry, the past tense, so it's been declared, it's happened. This is all past tense language. There's the right now that we're living in, and then there's also the future. So we are declared 
through Jesus Christ, through believing in Him and asking and repenting of our sins and asking Him to come and dwell and live inside of us, we, we have been made righteous and holy. We right now are not absolutely holy. Whoever thinks they're holy, you aren't. That's called self-righteousness. It's, it's, a, it's also sin. So there you fail. So we're all, we're all going to fail here when we're sitting in this part. But eventually we're going to be made holy. And I think it's, 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 if you understand the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God has come. It is coming. Sorry, the kingdom of God has come. It is here right now, but it is also going to come into its fulfillment. I think we need to understand whenever you see stuff in the Bible, if you, if you filter it through that, it makes a whole lot of sense for you. That, uh, and I think it even helps with, with sickness. People, why do some people get healed and others don't? I'm like, well, the kingdom is here. The kingdom is still coming. Because one day you are going to be healed in heaven. Sometimes there's a manifestation on earth, and I trust every time I pray for someone, I want, I want them to be healed. I believe God breaks in in his kingdom when he wants, how he wants, and people are healed. We can't conjure that up. It can't be through a whole bunch of good words we say. That's, that's, that's a sovereign act and, and of God. But we, we, we step out and say, I pray healing in Jesus' name. And sometimes it increases, sometimes a little. Anyway, we are made and declared righteous. Number four, we are predestined. In love, he predestined us. The word love there is a, is a, is a word that we need to kind of pertain to the word feast. When God, it says, in love, and I think we sometimes need to remember, God is not, uh, is not just all, like in boxes and is a philosophical thing. Like God is a, it, it has, it says we're made in his image. So we, we, we connect with God spirit to spirit. God feels things. He knows things. And it says in love. So this God who is love, the author of love, comes from his heart and he's predestined us. And I said it earlier, but notice the words we, us. It's always the collective group. If you look at God called out a people of Israel. God called out. He called out Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which became Israel. There were these called out people that were, that were to example of who God is on this planet to make, in a sense, the world jealous of the goodness of God. Through Israel came Jesus Christ, and we are now his called out community. We are his predestined community. And I want to say that there is a call and a destiny. There's a lot of when you see predestination in the Bible, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a predestined call on every single person's life, which I'm going to talk a lot about next week. And we need to understand that our identity is, first of all, it's rooted in him, that he's a good father, that we are holy and blameless through belief in Jesus Christ and, and repenting of our sins. And it's amazing how God's love is unconditional to us. It, it pours out upon us, but it's, it's, it's conditional to our response. Some of you can, can reject the gospel. You can reject the good news of Jesus. It's your response. But God is... Anyway, I didn't mean to say that. Um, if God has predestined good things for us, and our decisions matter, then it matters what we do with our lives. It matters if we're faithful. And I was saying to Star this morning as we are driving, I was like, Faith is the language of the kingdom. Faithfulness is the currency. God always promotes when there's from a place of faithfulness. Uh, Luke 16.10 says, The one who is faithful with very little will also be faithful with much. And the one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest with much. There's a whole parable of talents. God will give, you, God will give two, five, ten talents. And it's what you go 
endure those talents and the interest you build on it and what you, what you go and make of those talents is when God says, okay, cool, now I can entrust you with a lot. We are predestined to big and good things. And I think we can easily, let, let's just take this as a personal example. Like, I believe that before the creation of this world, God has predestined me to be a pastor. If I had to look at my walk, getting saved, into, kind of coming back to God, saved in 2001, 2002, I did a Bible college with a whole bunch of my mates. 2003, I was working at Starler's Dad Church. At that stage, I thought, oh, there's a call. Maybe it's worship. I just, I love Jesus. I'll do whatever. And then slowly, God started to do stuff in my life. And if I look at every single turn, God has, has, has brought through this thing. He sovereignly put it inside of me to be, to be predestined to be a pastor of a local church. Okay, that's great. And I'm thankful and I'm grateful. But my, through my actions, I could have derailed that. So God's predestination and, his, and, his, and who He is and what His Word still stands, but through my own free will, because God never wants robots, we have to, that is a clear, clear thing. God could have made a whole bunch of people that listened to exactly what He said, but then we don't love out of a pure heart. We love because God is telling us to love. And um, so there's, there's, there's the free will. I could, I could make decisions now that would wreck this church. I could do something stupid... Like I've had friends who've done before, they've had affairs, they've, they've messed up, they've, they've, they've kind of been caught in immorality, whatever it is, that can mess up and derail this community of God that is precious, precious in His sight. God will raise someone else up to lead it, but I, I, I myself can mess things up. And I think we have to realize that, that, there's, that God has a good plan for us. He's predestined good things for us. Psalm 127, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, this labor is labor in vain. And I think we can so often in our, in our Christianity labor our own way, but we're laboring in vain. We need to let God be the architect. We need to let God be the master planner of our lives. And then finally, and then we're going to play a quick video and then we're done. We are God's sons. 1 verse 5, it says, we are adoptions as sons through Jesus Christ according to to the gospel of his will. Now, the interesting thing is that the word adopt there in the Greek means the adoption of full-grown adults. If anyone is adopted in this room, you generally adopted a baby, maybe one or two years at, at max. That's kind of where, if, I, if you look at adoptions, that's when they adopt. But not many have adopted like a 17-year-old, 18-year-old, 20-year-old. And I think the amazing thing is that God looks at us and he sees our flaws, and he sees how we set in our ways, and he sees how we kind of have this proclivity to go towards sin all the time, but yet he has chosen us before the creation of this world to be holy and blameless and to be his sons and his daughters. What an incredible truth. That God loved us so much that he sent his only son, John 3.16. I think this is John 1. It says, it got cut off. It says, the true light, John 1, verse 9, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, uh, and his own people, and they, they did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, which is us who have given our lives to Jesus and believe in Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God, God who were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. We have been born again to be sons and daughters. So can we play that, that video? I really want you guys to listen to this. I listened to the whole day while prepping. And just, if you want to close your eyes and just let God minister. 
Can we all stand quickly? I want to pray. I know some of the stuff I spoke about today is this is the meat. It's meatier, which we need to go as a church if we're going to mature and become more like Jesus. So, Father, I thank you that you have declared us righteous. That it's not an act of our own, Lord God. It's not through us trying to be better. But God, through it's a, it's, it's a heavenly declaration that we have been set free of our sins. We've been adopted as sons and daughters. That we have been chosen. We've been predestined in love to do great things for you, Father. I pray that these truths would dwell so deeply in our hearts, Lord God.